Storehouse Dallas. All right, so um, who has pain in their left shoulder this morning? Anybody? Pain in their left shoulder? Stand up. Okay. Okay, left shoulder. Um, Okay, so uh, if you're around that person, can you extend a hand to them and just command that uh, left shoulder to be healed in Jesus' name? And so right now, I just bind up that trauma in your shoulder. I command it to go, and I thank you, Lord, for healing. Be healed in Jesus' name. How's it feel? Test it out. Okay, if you're healed, raise your shoulder hand, that arm that was hurting, if you're healed. Don't sit down if you're not healed. No, 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 we got to get this right. Is it any better? All right, be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. I command all pain to leave now. And thank you for it, Lord. All right, how is it? Test it out. All right, everybody, join in with me. Come on, don't, you're not spectators. Command that thing to be healed. In Jesus' name, be healed. Father, I thank you. We agree in faith for your healing. All right, test it out. All right, better. Okay, one more time. In Jesus' name, all pain go. All inflammation go. All trauma go. All cellular memory, go. How is it now? Test it out. Better? Okay. How, how's yours? The same. Okay. Um, what else do I have? Hold on. All right, keep praying for her. Meanwhile, um, we, somebody that has a headache in the back of their, on the right side of their head, right back here. If that's you, raise your hand. Okay, can you stand up? All right, so lay hands on him. Get rid of that headache. Um, In Jesus' name, headache go. Throbbing go. Pain go. Right now, every, I saw like, um, like a, uh, like inflammation in a, in a blood vessel or something. There was like a blood vessel that needed to be opened. And so I speak to that blood vessel now and command it to be opened in Jesus' name. On the right side. It's on the right side. It's right there. In Jesus' name, be healed. How is it now? All right. Um, all right, so come up afterwards. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to go ahead and get on with the message. All right, everybody that stood up that, that isn't uh, 100% healed, uh, I'll pray for you after. Um, and that's going to be healed in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? All right, so today my message is I'm, I'm preaching on the kingdom. This is the uh, kingdom wealth, and this is the uh, fourth version Um, and I called it Understanding the System of the Kingdom. And again, um, we're talking about money. And, um, and you know how you used to go to church and you're like, oh, this is the one time I go to church. Why is it every time I go to church, they have to be talking about money? And, um, but I, I really want to encourage you. This is going to be really some good stuff. Uh, Jesus talked a lot about money. 
there are 2,300 scriptures in your Bible about money. That's more than prayer. That's more than love. That's more than healing. And the reason I believe that he talked so much about money is, number one, he knew that he wanted to take, he wanted his people to take the mountains of influence. He wanted to take the earth. And in order to do that, he knew that he had to have people that were in positions to buy media, to buy um, Hollywood studios, to buy newspapers, to buy hospitals, to feed the poor. And so he knew that his people People needed these things in order to be the head and not the tail. And we were supposed to be the ones that are lending to others. In fact, next week we're going to be praying. I got this when we were in prayer. I got that storehouse was going to be like Shark Tank. And there are going to be so many millionaires in this house that we were actually going to create a Shark Tank type situations where we begin to fund Christian businesses out of this church. Amen. And so I believe that if we will get a vision for what the Lord is wanting to do and begin to tap into that, into those resources, then I believe that what we can do is we can begin to fund God's kingdom. And that's my heart. My heart is not to get your money so I can pay my bills. However, that's part of it as well. So anyway... No, I'll show you. I mean, it's in the word. God wants to support his, that's what, that's what Malachi was all about. He was like, listen, you have not, this is what I have against you. Um, you have withheld your money from paying for my, my priests. My priests are going hungry because you're not tithing. And so he's really on that. And, and he hasn't all of a sudden, because Jesus came and died on the cross, it's not like, oh, never mind, you don't have to pay for the priests, the ones who are responsible for your soul. But uh, they can go hungry, you know. No, he hasn't changed his mind about that. What he said is, oh, look, there's such an opportunity now to go beyond that. And so... Um, Jesus said this, he said, I want you to pray for my kingdom to come and my will be done, right? Okay, so it's all about the kingdom. And that's what I'm going to be talking to you about, the system of the kingdom. And so Jesus is saying, this is how I want you to ask me. I want you to pray this way because I already know what you need. Pray that, my, that you will understand how the system of my kingdom works. Because if you understand the system of my kingdom, you're going to understand what my will is for your life. And you are going to be tapping into more than you can hope or imagine. Not just enough to get by. Like I'm so tired of working all the time and not having enough. If that's you, which it should be probably 95% of you, because very few people have gotten this, um, then you, this, this message is for you because I am invested in getting you free from a, uh, from bondage and slavery to the master of money. Jesus did this. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. He told parables about the kingdom of heaven is like X, Y, Z. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. I'm going to talk to you about the kingdom. I'm going to talk to you about a system that you need to understand so that you can enter into my rest and so you can access great wealth. You can access all of the promises and the destiny and the callings that I have for you. You can have them this side of the cross. You don't have to. Christianity, uh, they used to call it in the Bible the way. 
They called the people who were believers, they were called the people of the way. Why? Because they had tapped into a different way of how to live so that there was incredible abundance for them. It wasn't just about the supernatural healing and signs and wonders, but it was a supernatural healing signs and wonders in their money. There, like I said, there's 2,300 mentions of money. He uses money as a tutor to teach us about the kingdom so we can understand how the kingdom works. All right, so if you're going to operate in the system of the kingdom wealth, you have to understand how the system works. Um, so I kind of want to take you 40 miles up, okay? When um, Jesus, um, or when God, when he created everything. He created the earth. He, six days, really busy. There he is. What is he doing? He's creating everything. It would be kind of like, um, like an app, the Apple computer guy. What was his name? It's like Steve Jobs. What is he doing? Well, he's creating hardware, right? He's creating the Mac, which obviously is a heavenly machine. And he, so he's creating a Mac. And so he's creating hardware. So what is God doing? He's creating hardware. He is a creator. He is, uh, but he's also a developer. And so what he did is he created a system, a hardware system. He said, look, I'm going to develop the sun and the moon and the skies, gravity. I'm going to create all of this kind of stuff. There's going to be oceans. There's going to be fish. There's going to be, I've, I've created everything, all the hardware. Now, within the hardware, I'm going to create the, I'm going to develop the software so that, so that I can be done. So I'm going to develop the software, and the software is a system that works within what God created so that everything for all time will continue to function according to the way that the software developer created it to function. And he said, okay, so what's going to happen is that everything within this system will reproduce after itself. Everything will reproduce after itself. And so God spoke it, therefore it happens. So you see uh, uh, trees reproduce seeds, which see, reproduce trees, right? So you have uh, cows that uh, reproduce after cows, right? You know, John and I have a son. Reproduced, we reproduced ourselves. Look, there he is right over there. Samuel, wave at everyone, right? <laughs> So handsome. Um, so he said this. This is what I want you to do. I want you to be fruitful and multiply. God hasn't changed his mind about that. And so he speaks to every single one of us. And he said, everything that I've given you, I've given you for the purpose of multiplication. And if you, if you understand how the system of the kingdom works, it always works. Kelsey and Simon are a great example of that. We have endless testimonies about how the system of the kingdom works. And he uses tithing because he knows how we need money. And that's something that we function in our day-to-day -day lives. So he uses money to tutor us on how the kingdom works.
The Bible tells us um, that these seeds that reproduce after themselves are two things. They are, number one, the word of God. In Matthew 13, he talks about the sower of the seeds, and we're going to talk more about that next week. But he also talks about, in 2 Corinthians 9.10, that um, the seed is money. So he takes these two things, and he talks about knowing how to sow these seeds is critical to reap a harvest. And not only do you have to know how to sow a seed, you have to know how to water a seed, and then you also have to know how to harvest a seed. And you have to know, a farmer always knows the season that he's in. Am I right? And so there's seasons of harvest, there's seasons of planting, there's seasons of watering, and there's seasons of tilling the ground and pulling weeds, okay? So within this, I want you to turn in your Bibles to, uh, chapter, to Genesis chapter 3, because we're going to go back to the beginning, because most of you are like, you know what? This is hard. This is hard. It doesn't come easy. And it doesn't come easy because, oh, Adam and Eve, thank you very much. Uh, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Give me a shout when you're there. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. All right. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? So you've got these two trees in the garden, right? You've got the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and you've got, the, you've got a, a lot of different trees, but you've got these two specific trees, which are the ones that, that God told them, hey, there's the tree of life, but don't eat of this one tree, because if you do, you'll die. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because if you do, you'll die. And the woman said to the serpent, in verse 2, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but a tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, I'm going to say that again, the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. And she gave it to her husband, gave, uh, gave to her husband with her and he ate. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together to make themselves covering. All right, so... What's happening here is that, the, that she didn't say, I saw the fruit of the tree that the serpent presented to me, and I saw that it was evil. She saw that it was good. How could something that's good be wrong? And what happened is that as they began to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good, their eyes were open and they began to see things for themselves. Oh, now I'm wise. I'm wise in my own understanding. Therefore, I get to judge what is good over what God is saying. So, so what is the what is in, the, in God's goodness? He curses that stinking serpent and says, "Now you're going to be a snake and you're going to crawl on your belly and um, 
And but he, but uh, along comes the toil, which we all know about. I'm going to curse the work of your hands, and it's going to be toil for you. We talked about this last week. I don't want to go there. I don't want to review it. But but and there was also a curse on the woman. All right. When Jesus came, he said, "Look, I'm removing the curse on your toil. Therefore, now you're gonna you're gonna enter into my rest, and you're gonna be you're gonna work." in a different way. And it's going to produce a supernatural abundance in your work. And see, we think to ourselves that supernatural life is only for prophecy. It's only for miracles. It's only for healing, right? But when it comes to our work, no, 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 no. If it's going to be, it's up to me. Woo! But God's like, no, no, no. I died for everything. I now, the curse that was on your work is no longer there. And there's something greater available to you in the kingdom. And if you understand how to work the seed and how to harvest the seed and how to sow the seed and how to water the seed, you are not going to have to work in toil. And you will have an abundance for every good work. Okay? Have I got your attention? All right. So the tree of the knowledge of good. How can something that's good be bad? The tree of the knowledge of good is actually a poverty mindset. Remember, when they ate of the tree, what did they immediately do? They immediately, their eyes were opened and they became fearful. They saw their own nakedness, so they stopped looking at God. They stopped eating of the tree of life, and they started going, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Let me look at everything that I don't have. I am looking at my lack. I am naked, so therefore, I've got to go out and, and provide for myself. I've got, to, I've got to go and take care of myself. And so this mentality of protecting yourself now becomes your main priority. I've got to protect myself. I've got to protect myself against the environment. I'm naked. Oh my gosh, now how am I going to get food? I've got to now toil and get it from the, the ground, and it's going to be hard labor by the sweat of my brow, Right? However, however, the Lord said, listen, you've, they have now become like us because it was true. Now they had eaten of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil. They now are like us. They're like, you're like God. It's true now. You're like God. How many of you love to be God? Whatever. Everybody wants to be God. Everybody, because if, if you make the right decisions and if you're running your own life, then you're going to get the credit for it. You're going to get the glory. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> All right, but the tree of life is a wealth mindset. So, so, so what he said here is you've got, we, we've got, we can't let them stay in the garden because if they, if they, they have already eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Therefore, if they stay here, they will eat of the tree of life and, and remain in that condition. So we already knew that he couldn't let us eat of the tree of life because we had already opened up the door to the knowledge of good and evil and he didn't want us to remain in that condition for all eternity. So we shut the door to the tree of life until the time of his restoration when Jesus would come and tear the veil again and make the tree of life available to us again. 
I am so set on this for every single one of you and your families and this city that I actually put it on the back of my wall. Desire fulfilled as a tree of life. My heart is not that, I, that you'll give me all your money. However, you can give me all your money if you want to. Um, but my, my desire is that you would eat of this tree so that your desire can be fulfilled. And we'll go there a little bit later. All right. So the tree of life is a wealth mindset. Before the fall, they were in rest, listening to what God was saying and doing. They were not worried at all. They were like, oh no, what am I going to name this animal? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm just so, God, what do you think? Oh, why don't you name that animal an aardvark? Hey, that's a great idea. Okay, you're an aardvark, whatever. I don't know how that exactly went down, but... A lot like his job was hard, you know. He had all of his food, you know, perfect temperature. They're running around without any clothes on. They're like, wow, this is amazing. This garden is so beautiful. Look at the trees and the flowers. And we have this perfect life of peace and rest and love. And, you know, everybody dreams of that, right? All right. So there, these two heart conditions that are at work. God is talking about these two heart conditions. He is after your heart, just like Kelsey was saying. Where your money is, there your heart will be also. And out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So he's after your words and he's after your money. So what you believe about money and words is evidence of what you understand about this, this, this kingdom system. And, and, and you can test yourselves and see where you are because of the level of stress and worry and anxiety that you have in your life. You're like, uh, what tree am I eating of? And do I have a poverty mindset or do I have a wealth mindset? All right, so I'm going to go through these. How many of you watched um, Chris Valentin's, uh Wealth, Riches, and Poverty this week? Wasn't that amazing? I really encourage you to go back. You can get it on YouTube now um, to find that. It's, it was really very good. Um, all right, so there's two heart conditions. They're the wealth, wealth mindset and a poverty mindset, okay? A wealth mindset trusts God and the system of the kingdom to be wealthy. A poverty mindset trusts money and the system of the earth to be wealthy. A wealth mindset's identity is in Christ, and a poverty mindset identity is in ownership. A wealth mindset believes God has good for them, and a poverty mindset believes money protects them. A wealth mindset plans to win, dreams with God, and believes for the impossible. A poverty mindset plans not to lose and is limited in their minds by natural constraints of what they can produce. A wealth mindset produces rest, peace, and joy, and a poverty mindset produces fear, anxiety, and worry. Um, now, a lot of us <clears throat> have lost so many times that we are allowing the experience of our life to dictate our future because we have, we have experience of, of loss, financial loss, and if that's you, you know, maybe you've done this a lot in your life, you know, like you're trying, 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 and but yet you can't seem to get there to hold on. Um, so you need to prepare not to lose. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to prepare not to lose, which actually ensures you're losing because your heart condition is one of fear, not of faith. 
It's kind of like, you know when you date a girl or you date a guy and you're just, you just have, you're crushing on them so bad and you're like, boy, they're so out of my league, you know? And, um, and so you're like, oh man, I just don't want to lose them. You know, I just don't want to lose them. And, and so, so the way that you are when you date them, you kind of suffocate them. You know, you're just like pursuing them in a weird kind of awkward way, you know, where they're like, what is wrong with you? You know, but you just really want to be cool and everything, but you can't because you're so afraid that they might not love you or that they, you might lose them. It's the same kind of thing with money. Because it comes out of a heart, you're either going to have a heart of confidence like, babe, I got news for you. It's me. I'm here. (laughs) You get to date me. Or, please don't say no to me. I'm, I'm, you're so beautiful and wonderful, but I'm just not good enough. And just don't reject me, you know? I mean, which one of those is that girl going to choose? I mean, come on, girls, right? Not this one. So anyway, it's the same thing with money. Money is like, hey, I am so confident in what God has said and what God is doing. I have a vision and I see what the truth is. Therefore, I'm not afraid of man. I'm not afraid of losing. I can't lose because I'm on the winning team because I'm doing what God said. And that's all I got to do in order to be a winner. Amen. All right, so God grows us, or grows for us, what he has prepared for us to handle in faith. You will only go as far as your faith will take you. You will only go financially as far as you can, what you can believe God for. Bill Johnson said this, how much is too much money? It's the point where you lose your trust in God and you begin to hold on to your money. You know, that... The thing about this whole money thing is that it's hard. It's hard because every time, we all know that, because we all know we're supposed to be champions. We all know that we're supposed to have the things that we don't have because we're like, this can't be what it is. Christianity can't be just a religion. Oh, our religion is actually better because of X, Y, and Z. Give me a break. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Jesus died on the cross. We have a God that is a living God. I understand that. But I'm telling you, this applies to your daily lives. This affects us every day. People should look at our lives and say, they're doing something that is right because they're never worried or anxious or anything, and they never worry about money, and they always have plenty. They're always blessing everybody with their money. <clears throat> the Lord had me uh, give a woman the other day, I was checking out at the uh, grocery store, and the Lord said, I want you to pay for the groceries of the woman behind you. And she was buying diapers and formula for her new baby, and then she had enough ramen noodles, like, for two weeks. I'm not kidding you. And so he had me go back and not just buy her groceries, but give her enough money to go back and get meat or whatever it else she needed. And I mean, I've got no investment in this. I've got no, but it gave me an opportunity just to, to pray for her and tell her how much the Lord loves her and sees her and knows where she is. And so these are the type of people we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be distributing kingdom wealth everywhere we go. When God says give,
live. I don't go and and look. I, I didn't have that money. You know, I wasn't like, oh no, I don't have I don't have the money. Do not. You got to say, I'm going to say yes, no matter what the cost, because I trust you to make it up on the other end. When God says, believe me for this miracle, I'm telling you, it's always going to be impossible. Every time the Lord wants to increase you in wealth, here's what he's going to do. He's going to tell you beforehand. So when you get a prophecy, oh, the Lord is about to extend your tent pegs. The Lord is going to bless you. He's called you to to, to produce kingdom wealth. I'm telling you, you better run for the hills. Because what that means is that you're about to be tested in the area of money. Because when God wants to increase you, what does he do first? decrease you. It is a pulley system. He is going to pull you back to see what you're made of. He's going to pull you back to see where that faith is. And every single time that the Lord has promoted John and I, every single time he demanded something we didn't have. God's not going to come and go, okay, look, you've got all this disposable income, so I'm going to make this easy for you. You, may, you have $1,000 left over every month, so I want you to give me 100 And you're like, okay, God, praise the Lord. I'm going to sew that in. No, what he says is, and I'll give you a testimony. There was a time when John, and, John started his business and things, you know, we had gone through all of our savings and still waiting for breakthrough. How many of you cry for breakthrough? And you're just like, I need breakthrough! I need breakthrough! I need breakthrough! <laughs> I need breakthrough! And you're like, that's the only thing that can come out of your mouth. And the Lord's like, babe, breakthrough lives on the inside of you. Get off your knees and start speaking to that mountain. Amen? So, uh, so you know, I don't have any secrets, right, babe? We don't have any secrets. <laughs> He's like, oh, I love when you tell them everything. <laughs> so we had, uh, so we had, uh, we have seven kids, as you know, seven hungry kids. They love to be fed all the time. And uh, we started this business and again, you know, gone through everything. So we had just a little bit left. And we were like, there is nothing on the horizon. There's no business coming in. There's no money coming in. We sold all our stuff. Those jet skis, man. I hated to see those go. Anyway, um, (laughs) sold all our stuff. We literally had $100 left in our bank account. How many of you have been there? And you're like, yeah, okay. You could shoot a cannon through my checking account and not hit a dime. And so the Lord said, I want you to give me that $100. And John and I were like, but how are we going to feed our children? Like $100 is going to make a difference in my house, right? But still, we had obligations. And we are responsible people, right? And we are looking at the tree of the knowledge of good. We know what's good. We know we have to steward it. We know we have to be. So all of this practical stuff, all of this. And so the Lord is putting his finger on what we don't have to give. And he's like, no, you need to give that to me. And you're going, 
how can that be God? Because I have children to feed. How can that be God? And so he keeps talking to us and keeps talking to us. So John and I are like, okay, we're going to give you this money. So we write the check. Two days later, John gets a deal for $7,000 that pays that week. All right? So what the Lord is doing is he's saying, look, I'm going to pull you back. Trust me. Do you trust me? Do you trust my word? Do you trust my ways? Learn my ways. My ways are not your ways. The other time, the Lord, and you've heard this story where we'd pigeonholed over like a long period of time, like nine years, $7,000. Again, seven mouths to feed. Not a lot of disposable income, and so we we had we wanted to buy our own house, and um, for nine years, seven thousand dollars. That's not you know huge windfall, but it was big for us. And the Lord said to us, "I want you to give that seven thousand dollars away." Well, that seven thousand dollars was spoken for. And ladies, how many of you know that when it's your house, you're like, right? <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> but we prayed about it, and we were like, okay, this is, this is right. So he put his finger on something I didn't have to give. Because my heart was attached to that, my emotions were attached to that. I, I had, that was not going to be good. But we said yes, we gave the money away, and within three months, we were going to need $20,000 to put down a deposit on the type of house that we had in our hearts. We had made our list, everything on our list, right? And so three months later, we needed $20,000 for the deposit of the house that we had in our heart to dream of. Now remember, nine years, do the multiplier, nine years to save $7,000. How much longer is it going to take me to save $20,000? Lindsay, you should be able to get this. She's not a math teacher. Okay, fine. (sighs) But if I were up here playing volleyball... (laughs) Yeah, so more than another nine years. So it would be, you know, another 18 years, basically, more or less. Think about that. But what does the Lord want? He doesn't want me to have to wait. He wants me to be multiplied. So what he does is he said, you give me that seven, and guess what? I'm going to take that. It's going to get sewn into my kingdom, pressed down, shaken together, and I'm going to pour it back into you. So three months later, John gets a check for $21,000 out of the blue. How many of you would love to get a check for $21,000? All right. I'm telling you, the kingdom way works. So what would, should have taken me 18 years actually took me three months because we said yes to what God was saying, even though it cost us. And let me tell you, every single time that the Lord has done this to us, it has demanded, it has come through pain because God knows When he releases his word of promise and he says, okay, all right, here's your Jordan. There's the promised land. Got to cross that Jordan. By the way, there's all these giants over there and you got to fight them. And we think to ourselves, why didn't those guys go in? What losers? But I'm telling you, giants are a big deal. They're a big deal. And the Lord knows where your giants are because he knows what's in your heart. He knows how far he can take you before you go, oh, no, you can't have that. Oh, no, that's too much. But we want to be increased, right? So let's talk in, let's talk in terms of agriculture, okay? 
So let's say you've got a little field. You're living in a little field. Could be an apartment, whatever. So you've got your little field and you've got enough seed and you're sowing in your field and you're harvesting what that field will produce. And the Lord's like, okay, so um, I'm going to increase you. And I'm going to prophesy and I'm going to tell you that it's coming. There's an increase coming. Get ready. And a lot of you, the Lord's already been talking to you that something is on its way. And so what he's doing is he's saying, all right, now, I'm buying you a bigger field. Praise the Lord, right? We're so excited. We've got this new field that's coming, and I got a word from the Lord. It's going to be amazing. However, in order for me to get a, a, a bigger harvest, I'm actually going to have to sow more seed into this bigger field. And we all, if, we, if I take the same amount of seed and I'm sowing it into a larger field, I've got all of this land that isn't even being harvested. And the Lord's like, no, see, I'm a God of efficiency and I want you, I'm going to put my finger on that area of your resistance and I'm going to require more than I have in the past. Because the Lord with us started out with a little and then he kept increasing it. I was like, what? You want more? And every time it's what I didn't have to give him. And every time it was very inconvenient. I'm like, nope, this, this money is already spoken for. This money I already have, I owe. Let me tell you what I owe. But let me tell you something about the Lord. He said, I want you to go over there and I want you to get that donkey. Go tell that man the Lord hath need of it. When the Lord needs something and he comes to you and he says, I need that money for my kingdom because I have a plan for that money. And I'm giving you the privilege and the honor of sowing in to this resource so you can help me build my kingdom. And then therefore, in response, your kingdom is going to be multiplied. You build my house, says the Lord, and I will build yours. Now, what if the donkey guy had said, when, when they said, the Lord hath need of your donkey? It's like, what? No, I got need of my donkey. He can't have my donkey. Think about what the, how that would have gone down. That would not have been good. I do believe there's a parable about the great supper, and he sent out an invitation to all of the people that were like, hey, go tell all of these people, tell all my kids that I'm throwing this big party, and I want you all to come. And so they go around, and, and all of the people go into the people that they've invited to the party. They were like, be great. This is going to be great. So he set a table. The master has set a table and he's inviting everybody to come. This is so exciting. Uh, you know what? This is really not a good time for me because I just bought a field. Not a good time. I'm, I can't, I can't help the Lord out right now. I can't, I can't do that because I've got all of these other obligations. Do you know that the Lord doesn't care about your obligations? Did you know that the Lord actually knows that you have obligations? Do you know that he does not care about what you're obligated to? Or what you did or didn't do with your money before he said, I have need of this. All right, turn in your Bibles to Mark 10. He said this, it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven than for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. Mark 10. 
What? Yeah, I have a needle. How many of you sew? I can't even get that thread in that eye of the needle anymore. I'm like, what? (laughs) All right, verse 23. Mark chapter 10, verse 23. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words because Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? In other words, people that trust in riches over trusting in God can't enter the kingdom. They can't access this system of wealth creation. If you miss it, I'm telling you, it's not going to be good. Because if you miss it, then you're like, God's going to let you try to create your own wealth. He's like, okay, well, you let me know when you're done over there. And they were greatly astonished. No, wait, where am I? Oh, Verse 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. And then Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and for the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers, sisters, mothers, children, land with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. So he's saying, listen, when you get on the pulley system and you get pulled back and you leave everything, and you don't hold on to anything. He said, you're actually going to get a hundredfold increase. I mean, this is in the Bible. This is, oh, that was the King James Version. Okay, yeah, well, that was right. This is a great promise. That if we trust in God over trusting in money, then he will do the work for us. Isn't that good news? For everyone who leaves or sows his house, his land, his money, and his family for my sake will receive a hundredfold. All right, so John and I, uh, back in the day, still growing his business, and things started picking up. And so we were like, this is awesome. So we were, in a, we were praying and praying and praying, and, 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 and the Lord was like, um, okay, uh, I want you to double how much you're giving. So he wanted to go from 10% to 20%. Um, and we're like, yes, Lord, we want to do that. And so we're like, we prayed about it. We agreed. And we thought this is going to be great. The next month, his check to pay our bills was half of what we needed to pay our bills. Half of what we needed. And we had already made that commitment to the Lord that we were going to give twice our tithe. The math does not work at all. And so we were just like, okay, we're just going to do this. We're actually not going to wait for Sunday because we might chicken out. We're going to do it right now. And so John and I, we wrote the check right then and there, and we prayed over it. And we were like, oh, Lord, how are we going to eat this month, right? And, uh, 
<clears throat> so that night, I had noticed Samuel, who was eight, eight, at eight years old at the time, I had noticed that he had really grown out of his pants, and it was wintertime, and he'd blown the knees out in his jeans, and his, and they came up, they were really high waters, but we were on like DEFCON 5, you know, it's like, you don't, you don't even think about spending money at DEFCON 5, you just pinch pennies, and you're like saving, you're going to, you know, Walmart, and putting the coins in the little deal, and you're like, how much? Oh, $2.31, praise the Lord, <laughs> and so it's like, I don't even know, so, so Samuel, he's got school in the morning, it's Sunday night, uh, we, had, we had sown our seed like two days before, and so on that Sunday night, I'm looking at his pants, and it's the only pair of pants that he owns. They're too short, too small, whatever, but I'm like, oh, well, take those off. I'll wash them and dry them so you can have them in the morning, and so the next morning, I get up, and lo and behold, I go to the dryer to get his pants, and it was the only thing that I had in the dryer. And um, so I go to take his pants out, and something weird happened because there wasn't just that size 8 jean, but there was a brand-new pair of size 10 jean that was just like it. Okay, now let me show you these. Okay, these are his pants, okay? I've saved them as a testimony, all right? So you've got the size 8, and then you've got the size 10, and one is, you can see one is longer than the other. Wait, let me turn them this way. You can see one is longer than the other. Now, this was a brand new pair of jeans. It didn't have tags on it. I'm looking around my dryer, and I'm, and my mind... Is I'm trying to get a handle on what's happening. Did somebody come in my house and put jeans in my dryer overnight? <laughs> Did somebody leave without their pants on? And so all of this is going through my brain. I can't get my brain around this. I can't. And so all I could conclude from this supernatural miracle that happened in my dryer was that God is more able to provide for all of my needs if I will obey his word. So he miraculously caused something to appear that was not there. I had a friend say, can I put my wallet in your dryer? <laughs> all right. Another testimony. Um, John and I, uh, Sam had a couple of friends over, um, and it was like a Friday night, and so we went to Payway. We are like, we're going to go to Payway. You guys stay here. We ordered Payway. So we, I have three hungry teenagers, and um, so I get five meals. For, so there's five of us. I get five meals, right? Well, on my way to pick it up, my daughter Bliss, those of you that know, we, I, we, John and I have a daughter who's a quadriplegic. She was living in an apartment right by our house. And, um, and she said, Mom, I don't want to go out. It's raining. Can you, and I'm out of food. Can you pick me up something? And I said, well, I, actually, I did just pick something up. And I'll just give you one of our meals. And so I took the meal to her apartment, gave it to her. Now, for five people, 300 teenagers, I have 
four meals. So I get home and I'm like, it's okay, we'll just divide it up, it'll be fine. Try feeding teenagers. I mean, it just, they, they practically eat the paper plate you're feeding them on. So I, get, I divide it up and I've got five plates sitting on the counter. I turn around and I'm handing them out to the table. I've got all five that I've given away and I turn back around and there's one more plate there, left there. Now, Samuel, the two friends of his and John saw five plates. I delivered five plates. I turned back around. There's another plate. The Lord recreated and put another plate on our counter, and we're all sitting there astounded by what we just saw or didn't see. Talk about sleight of hand. <laughs> but see, I gave away part of what I had so God took and could reproduce the rest of what was left. We cannot understand the ways of God, but his ways are impossible. Amen? All right, so I want to leave you with this. If this is something that you're like, okay, I got I to get this. I got to get this. So you are starting to get the seeds, right? The word and the money. So you understand the concept of the seed. But how do you know about the seed? And it's out of a place of prayer. The system of the kingdom is run on prayer. It is the engine. Prayer, faith, seeds. Prayer, faith, seeds. And that how, that's how it works. And see what's happened, and I want you to turn in your Bibles to Revelation 2, verse 1 through 7. Because this is the answer that the Lord has for us this morning. He's talking to the church of Ephesus. And what he's saying here, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, okay? I know your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those that are evil. You have tested those who say they're apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered, have patience, and have labored, again, there's that word, labored for my namesake and not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come quickly to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which, by the way, is a um, hyper-grace-type gospel, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And so he's saying to you today this. You have been laboring and laboring and laboring out of the tree of good. 
You've been doing what is good. You've been working out of your own wisdom, out of your own strength, and you have become weary. I see your labor. Look, I see how hard you're trying. I can appreciate that. But this I have against you. You've left your first love. You've left that place of prayer. And so therefore, I'm going to remove the lampstand from you if you don't repent and return to me and do it my way and get back into the system of my kingdom, which is a system of intimacy, which is a system that is run on love. It's run on relationship. It's run on prayer. Get back in the system so you eat of the tree of life so that your desire can be fulfilled. So he's saying, in essence, help me help you. I'm really trying here. I'll do my part, but you have to return to me. The more you pray, the less you have to work. Just the way the kingdom works. The more you pray, the less you have to work. And God will do the work for you. But we have to trust him. And we have to return to him. And so this morning, I want us to... I want us to do this. I've done it. And I can tell you that when I'm in the valley and things are really hard and not going right and not going the way that I know, I'm losing, I'm losing, I'm not winning, and it's hard, what do I do? I run to God. And then things start picking up. I start doing this. I return to the tree of life, and then things start picking up and going better and going better, and, I'm, and everything's better. What do I do? I leave my first love. And I say, okay, God, you got me here. I'll take it from here. Now that I'm on the mountaintop, I'll take it from here. I'll start running things because I have the knowledge of good. And what happens? And then down here, what do I do? I start praying again. Oh, got to pray, got to pray, got to pray. Oh, I forgot. Okay, wait. I'm sorry. I repent. And then it starts going up again. And then I go, I got it from here, God. I got it from here. I've arrived. I'm going to now steward all of this. It's going to be up to me because I got it because I got the tree of the knowledge of good. If I'm speaking to you, I'm telling you, this is, this is me too. I do it too. It is the human condition. Look at Israel. They did it like all the time. They've forsaken God. Oh, everything's going good. I don't need God. Give me that, give me that wife that worships Baal. Anyway, that's another story. So here's what I want to do. If this is really, if this bears witness to you in your heart, I want to just lead us all in repentance this morning. So if this is you, you can stand up. If it's not you, I love you, bless you. Pray for the guy next to you who's standing up. So Lord, I thank you. Just close your eyes and Lord, I thank you that you hold the seven stars in your right hand and that you're walking right now in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I thank you, Father, that you've seen how hard we've been working. But God, we just confess this morning that we don't want to do this, eating of the tree of the knowledge of good. 
you know, we just want to go where you're taking us. And even in the places where you've, you've put your finger on things in our heart where it's hard, God, we want to agree with you, not just in sowing a seed, a financial seed, but God, we want to agree with you in sowing words of life, words that are, that cause us to prosper, that our soul would prosper, God, that our minds would prosper, God, because we are in agreement with heaven, with heaven's words, God, with your will, your will be on earth as it is in heaven, God. Uh, we ask for your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, that your will would be done in our lives, God. Would you forgive us? Father, we repent. Just go, right now, just in your own language, God, I repent for trying to do things in my own understanding, eating from the tree of the knowledge of good, God. Forgive us, God. God, we want to do, we want to have everything that you have for us this side of eternity. Like you said in Mark 10, that on this side of eternity, if we will not hold on, if we will not self-protect, if we will not try to hold on to our lack, God, you will prosper us a hundredfold. God, we love you. We love you with all of our heart. Return. We want to return. We repent that we, re we have forsaken our first love. The place of intimacy. The place of prayer. We love you, God. Return us back into your heart this morning, God. We want to do this, not by might nor by power, but we want to do it by your spirit, God. And so we bless you this morning and we thank you for teaching us the ways of your kingdom. I pray, God, Ephesians 1.17, that you would enlighten our eyes and our ears with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who you are, God, that we would not lean on our own understanding. So we bless you and we thank you for this. We know that if we ask you, you will give it to us. Would you prosper the work of our hands, God? Would you increase us a hundredfold? And in Jesus' name, we say amen. If you've been inspired by this message, we invite you to partner with us by visiting storehousedallas.com forward slash give.